0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online, anytime, at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: Well, we'd like to talk to you a little bit this morning about the word called. Called. It says here in Matthew 22, verse 14, It says, for many are called. You know, invited, summons to to come, you know. For many are called, but few are chosen. God wants it to be many are called and many are chosen. That's really what he wants. But a lot of people just don't meet the conditions. They don't respond. You know, they, they don't come to his tug at their heart. And then he says here in First Peter chapter two verse nine, he says, "You are a chosen people." He's talking about you. So you can look at your neighbor and say, "You're chosen." You're chosen. He says, "You're a chosen people. You are royal priest. You know all believers in Jesus are priests. Did you know that? You're 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 part of." What God is specializing doing right now, and He's indicating the privilege that you and I have of accessing God Himself personally. Mm -hmm. You know, beholding the Almighty and communicating with Him. And he goes on to say, A holy nation. Let me back up. You are a chosen people, you are royal priest, a holy nation. God's very own possession some of you God's very own possession as a result you can show others the goodness of God you know that that's what you're called to do to show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light once you had no identity as a people and now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Verse 11 says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires. Worldly desires, it causes us to compromise, you know? They distract us. They, they really do. The, the desires of the world. You know, has no God in there. And the, the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things that choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's that's something, you know. Those things come in and, and make really, Christianity in our lives, you know, unfruitful, doesn't really accomplish much, does Mm it?
0: Back at the beginning of verse 11, it says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. These worldly desires, these distractions wage war in our lives. He goes on to say, be careful to live properly christ among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior yes. and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So we need to live in a Christ-like manner amongst the people that we work with, amongst the people that we live with, the people that we associate with. He says to be careful to do that. Not distracted by worldly desires, but to keep focused on what God has called each of us to do, and that's to live like Jesus.
1: And he says here in verse 9, he says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. And some of you are more peculiar than others. <laughs> you know what I'm about? I do
0: know what you're yeah. talking
1: about. Anyhow, he says,
0: mature. Can I I explain that? What that means? You know, when we were in Bible college, I think that's where we learned it. um, We were thinking about that word, researching that word. And the word peculiar in the Greek is a picture word. And it actually is a dot with a circle around it. So almost like a bullseye, but there's just one dot in the middle. But that dot represents you and me. The circle around that dot represents God. And to be a peculiar people means that nothing, nothing can get through to you unless it comes through God first. That's right. We've heard the term Father filtered, that everything, is, everything that comes into our life, when we are God's possession, when we are His children, we are that chosen generation, that nothing can get to us unless it passes through God first. That is an amazing promise right there, that we're peculiar, so enjoy being peculiar. <laughs>
1: But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting at his tax collection booth, Come, be my disciple, Jesus told him. Jesus called him, right? He really did call him. He said, follow me, you know. Mm-hmm. Come, be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him.
0: Now, did he collect all of his money and stuff it in a bag? And
1: He left everything behind. He left it all. Everything behind. When Jesus he called. He turned loose of it and all, and he followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. That night, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guest, along with...
0: <laughs> Sounds like
1: somebody's using a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, we should probably go out and help them cut that tree down when we're done with the service here. Anyhow, it says, Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. That night, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guests, along with his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners. Verse 11 says, The Pharisees, religious leaders, were indignant. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? They asked his disciples. When he heard this, Jesus replied, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Do you ever go to the doctor when you don't need to? No. No. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And that's not what Jesus is looking for. You know, he loves us. He he cares about us. You know, Jesus beckons us. Have you ever felt him tug at your heart? Yes. Have you ever felt him tug at your heart? Mm -hmm. He just wanted you to come to him. He's got something special for you to do anyhow there's a a good book i don't know if you ever heard of it but there's a a very good book and it's called no perfect people allowed yep some
0: people think well you know we just only want perfect people to come to our church
1: now, isn't that the kind of people we want
0: no we don't people? want perfect people if no. we just had perfect people i think we'd have an empty building because we surely we wouldn't, wouldn't be, be here, here. You know. so uh you're we, right that's not what jesus is looking for either he, he says, just as you are, come. Sure. Steve Sogren pastors a church in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a vineyard church. And one Monday morning, he was feeling particularly discouraged and announced to his wife, Jane, Janie, I'm quitting the ministry, and this time I mean it. Janie had heard this kind of talk before, so she suggested, why don't you go for a drive and think things through. Usually that helps when you're stressed out. And while you're out, could you be a sweetheart and pick me up a burrito?
1: I'll have one also.
0: <laughs> Steve drove around for about an hour, complaining to the Lord the whole time. Finally, he was in the fast food drive through to pick up Janie's burrito when he sensed the Lord speaking to him. He's very careful to say he did not hear an audible voice. Nothing came over the drive-thru speaker. In a subtle, quiet way, he sensed the Lord impressing this message on his heart. If you open the door, I will give you a gift. Even though he felt silly, Steve figured he had nothing to lose. So he opened the car door, looked down, and saw embedded in the asphalt a tarnished penny. This is what he wrote about that experience. I reached down to pry out the coin and held it in my hand, feeling less than thankful for this gift. The Lord spoke to me again. Many people in this city feel about as valuable as a discarded penny. You love doing things like that, don't you? I really do. I've given you, he was speaking to this pastor, many people in this city feel about about as valuable as a discarded penny. I've given you the gift of gathering people who seem valueless. Although these are the people that the world cast off, they have great value to me, God said to him. If you will open your heart, I will bring you more pennies than you know what to do with.
1: I hope I'm not distracting that guy cutting that tree down.
0: <laughs> no, you're just, you're just distracting me. That's all. So God spoke to him that, that many people felt valueless, just like a tarnished penny but that God places value on each and every one of them. So before you leave today, we invite you to come up and take a penny. Number one, to let you know that God values you. You are valuable to Him. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done in your past, God values you. But also to remind you that He also values the people around you. He values the people that you meet on a day-to-day basis.
1: These pennies are silver.
0: Those are dimes.
1: <laughs> you oh, got, wow. You
0: got the wrong package.
1: <laughs> Some of these
0: pennies are pretty shiny, but believe me, they have been rolled years ago. So who knows what even the shiny ones, what year they're, uh, they're from. We've had them probably rolled for about 20 years or so. But anyway, there goes more. <laughs> But take these pennies to recognize that you and everybody else in this world is valuable to God. Each one of us has a call on our life. God is calling us to Himself, and He's calling all those around us.
1: <laughs> How long do you want me to do that? I
0: think that's enough. Why don't I do the rest and, and, and let you try to talk? <laughs>
1: okay, here, let me just, just a few more. I mean, How many pennies is in each one of these things? Fifty. Fifty pennies? Fifty pennies. Yeah. Well, there's at least, you know, uh, four rolls of dimes. Also, I'm just about done here. All right. I mean, if you're going to do something.
0: You didn't cut your finger, did you?
1: No. Oh,
0: good. That's good. You got more? Lots
1: of work. I'm on, on almost, but see, I'm going to give these away. Whoops! So at the end of the service, why why do we put these down here anyhow?
0: Because we want them to realize that they are valuable to God, even if their lives feel tarnished, even if if they feel valueless, or also that they would encourage other people that feel valueless that God has a plan and purpose. He's calling each one of us.
1: Some of them tried to run away from us here. So you got to look around. You know?
0: So don't limit yourself to just taking one. Take a few. (laughs) You can give them to somebody else.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well... You know what? How many of these coins here have value to them? All of them. And so do you. Mm -hmm. You genuinely have value. And to be honest with you, most of the cases here today, all these pennies are very valuable. They really are because, you know, I, I know they started making pennies some years ago out of something other than copper because copper was more valuable than a penny, you know. And so they started making these cheesy pennies that Mm. was not even worth a penny anymore. But there's a lot of real ones here, to be honest with you. Uh, In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I am willing to endure anything. So the apostle said, Paul, I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Are are we doing things that's going to bring men and women, boys and girls, to a relationship with Jesus Christ? He forgives us of all of our sins and He transforms us and He enables us to reach our full potential. Matthew chapter 9 verse 17 says then he added now go and learn the meaning of the scripture i want you to be merciful i don't want your sacrifices for i have come to call sinners not those who think that they're already good enough you think you're already good enough can we all make it to heaven on our own merit no, no. we we really can't and god has us here for a purpose at this time in our life we are here for a purpose we really are you know god has called us to much more than just uh, weekend christianity this is a weekend right mm-hmm. is this all that there is to god we come to church and we you know, hang out with a bunch of other Christians and then we go home for another week. Is that all that Christianity is? No. Yeah. It's so much more. As we read his word, he transforms us. He changes us. Mm-hmm. He inspires us. We, we learn how to make good decisions. He's called us to much more, you know, than just going to heaven. Is there anything else other than going to heaven? Yes. There's a whole lot more. He He's... You know, called us to much more than just uh, not going to bars, you know? Because that doesn't really inspire us to obey God. It it distracts us of anything, you know? He's called us to much more than just, well, I'm not going to cuss anymore, you know? He's called us to a lot more than just changing our vocabulary. He's called us to much more than just paying a tithe, you know? Or giving to a a local church somewhere. He's called us to much more than just occasionally reading a Bible verse. He's called us to much more than just occasionally praying to Him. He's called us to much more, you know. He's called us to represent Him. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to represent Him in all the walks of life. That we are involved in. He wants us to represent him. Almighty God put us here for a reason. To represent him. And he is all knowing. And all wise. And all loving. And all kind. He really cares about all the details of our life. What we're going to do. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. It says. Meanwhile the boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting Eli.
0: Eli was a high priest.
1: He was a high priest. Thank you. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. So messages from God, the visions from God, were not a thing that people were exposed to at all. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that God was always trying to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. Did you know that God is always trying to communicate with us? Mm -hmm. In this day and time, that's why you got a Bible. You have access to Bibles, you know, and, and there are churches where you can study God's word together. And, and he wants to transform us, you know. Verse 2, he says, one night Eli, who was almost blind but now, had just gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, oh, what is it? You know, so he jumped up and he ran to Eli's room. Here I am, Eli. Oh, what do you need? I, I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go on back to bed. So he did. There were six, it says, and then the Lord called out again. Samuel, and again, Samuel jumped up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. He said, what what do you need? I didn't call you my son, Eli said. Go on back to bed. Verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So now the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel jumped up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. He said, what do you need? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Hmm. Can you imagine that? He was ready to respond the proper way. Now, you know, I I think God would be happy if God spoke to your life and you responded. And, And imagine that you responded like you took a check and you just wrote your name on the bottom of the check. And you said, Lord, just fill it out. Whatever you want me to do with the rest of my life, I'm signing an agreement to do it. And you just fill in what it is that you want me to do.
0: That's full surrender. That's,
1: that's what he wants. That's 100% surrender to the almighty God. Mm-hmm. And he loves us and he cares for us and he has a purpose for our life. Absolutely. He says here in Psalms 85 verse eight. He says I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying. Do we listen carefully to what God, the Lord is saying,
0: hmm. And in verse 10, back talking about Samuel, the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied this time, yes, your servant is listening. And God showed Samuel things that were going on in the nation of Israel and what was going to be taking place. God spoke very clearly to him. Emily Post was asked, What's the correct procedure when one is invited to the White House?
1: Hmm, wow. Has anybody here ever been invited to the White House? I saw hands kind of do that number. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that meant, you know? Or you were trying to fly or something, right? But so, not that many people have been invited to the White House, have you? Well, if you ever were invited to the White House. And you had a
0: previous engagement. So you had something else going on at the time when you were supposed to show up at the White House. Somebody asked, what are you supposed to do? And she answered, an invitation to lunch or dine at the White House is a command. And automatically it cancels any other engagement.
1: When God calls for you to meet with him, you know, uh, it's it's not just a n- nice idea. You know, uh, if he calls us to minister to someone, it's not just a nice idea. It's a priority. Yes. God says, "Hey, I want you to meet with me." God says, "Well, I want you to do such and such." It is a priority. He is the Almighty God, Maker of heaven and earth. He put us here, and He knows how many hairs are on your head or the lack thereof. Okay. You know. He knows about it all. He knows everything. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan for our life.
0: And he wants to meet with us on a daily basis. He wants to speak to our lives through his word. He does. But if we're so distracted by everything else and don't take the time to listen, we won't hear his voice. We won't know what he's
1: saying to us. And he will lead us and guide us. He will. We will make wise decisions that will benefit our lives. In amazing kind of ways, if we'll just act upon what he, he says to us.
0: Yeah, he says if we seek him first, he'll add everything else to our lives that we have need of. You're right. Late one evening, a professor sat at his desk working on the next day's lectures. He shuffled through the papers and mail placed there by his housekeeper. He began to throw them in the basket when one magazine, not even addressed to him, but delivered to his office by mistake caught his attention. It fell open to an article titled, The Needs of the Congo Mission. The professor began reading it idly, but then he was consumed by these words, The need is great here. We have no one to work the northern province of Gabon in the central Congo. And it is my prayer as I write this article that God will lay his hand on one one on whom already the master's eyes have been cast, that he or she shall be called to this place to help us. The professor closed the magazine and wrote in his diary, My search is over. He gave himself to go to the Congo. The professor's name was Albert Schweitzer. That article, hidden in a magazine intended for someone else, was placed by accident in Schweitzer's mailbox. By chance, his housekeeper put the magazine on the professor's desk. By chance, he noticed the title, which seemed to leap out at him. Dr. Schweitzer became one of the great figures of that century in a humanitarian work nearly unmatched by any other in human history.
1: He answered God's call. He did. And God has the ability to get your attention he has the ability to say things to us and to direct us and, and to nudge us forward. He, he really does. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord God called to Adam, Where are you? I mean, I, I think he can get our attention if he wants to. You know, Adam had turned off his iPhone. <laughs> now, do you turn your iPhone or whatever kind of phone you have? Do you ever turn it off when God's trying to get your attention? He's trying to give you some wisdom. He's trying to direct you or to bless you. Do 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 we stay connected to Almighty God or do we get very disconnected? Somebody know?
0: somebody mentioned that our iPhones have an apple on them. Interestingly, and there's a bite out of that apple. If you notice.
1: It's Remember pretty, Eve, she took a bite of the apple, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, you know? it's kind
0: of interesting there. But anyway. Hmm.
1: Oh, but really, think about it. What, what about you? You know, I mean, we do this on a regular basis every day. Uh, we were up, I didn't tell anybody else this, but we were up at 4.30 this morning. And we haven't been back to bed yet. You know, and we had an awesome time talking to God and knowing that he was hearing us. And talking to him, for many of you who are here, and for many of our family, and for our nation, talking to God. And God was just giving us assurance that he hears and he answers, and he helps us in our our times of need. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you. When I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's right. God has never intended for you to be afraid. <clears throat> he has not intended that ever. You know, God's word, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Jesus said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. And love and self-discipline. You know, a a sound mind. That's what he has given us. You know? And he never intended it for us to be fearful. You know? So let me read that again. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, a sound mind. Verse 8. So never be ashamed. Never be embarrassed. Never be ashamed. Never be unwilling to obey God. Whatever God says for you and I to do, he wants us to do it. He says, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. This is Paul talking with the strength God gives you. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Wow. Wow. The, the awareness of a need, you know, do do the, the people around you, do, do they need anything? People you meet every day. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, many of them who come walking by you, you know, and you see and you meet along, you never ever met them before. But everyone needs forgiveness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They need to be forgiven for their sins. Everyone does. But a lot of people don't understand that and know that. But if we come to him, it's not a long process to ask for forgiveness by almighty God. you know, Because he has the capacity to forgive us of all of our sins. Mm-hmm. And he's calling us, all of us. He wants to bless us with a forgiveness and with a relationship with his son, Jesus. Absolutely does. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan. That was his plan. That was his plan. He says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us grace. To, to show us his enabling powers what I'm talking about, you know. Or, or whatever you're doing, you know, or whatever you're pursuing, God calls us, you know, to to stop that and listen to what he's telling us. God can get our attention. He really can. has God ever gotten your attention? Yes. Yeah. He can get our attention. He wants to bless us. He loves us and he cares about us. He genuinely 100% does. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, Whatever you eat... Do, y- do y'all still eat? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, you... What's that next word? Must. You must. Whether you're eating something or whether you're drinking something or whatever you do... And he says, you must. That's 100%. You, do it. you must do all for the glory, for the honor of God. Do mm-hmm. hmm. you ever do something that dishonors him?
0: Yes.
1: He says, don't do that. Because mm-hmm. God, God does not bless things that dishonor him. Jonathan Edwards, he said, he said, first resolve or first determination is that all men should live For the glory and the honor of God. And then second resolve. He says is that all men whether you know others do or not. He says I will. All men should live for almighty God and they should serve him and they should put him first. And Jonathan Edwards says well whether everybody else does it or not I will. I will follow the example of Christ whether anybody else does or not mm-hmm. that's what he's saying yeah. I mean that's a priority you know in the book of Matthew chapter 25 verse 35 it says for I was hungry and you fed me I was thirsty and you gave me a drink I was a stranger and you invited me into your home do we do that? Did you know if you invite somebody into your home, do you know that Jesus takes it personal? Mm -hmm. If you offer a sandwich or something to somebody who's hungry, did you know every time Jesus takes it personal that you was doing it for him? That's just the way it is, you know. And as members of Faith Loving Church, let's become extremely hospitable. Hospitable to other people, you know. Uh, because our church is just a home for people who just wants to learn more and more about God. And here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 36, it says, I was naked, and you gave me nothing. No. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell them, they're supposed to tell me.
0: I know, I'm just not used to that. <laughs>
1: It's okay. I
0: need to let you do your...
1: I was naked and you gave me what? Clothing. Clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited, visited me. They're talking about Jesus did this. You know? He was the one providing clothing. And he was the one who was healing and restoring and visiting someone who... When they were in prison and, and Jesus said in uh, chapter uh, Matthew 5, he says, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know this for a fact yeah. that our world is in pretty serious darkness at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. It really is. It, it causes us to wonder, you know, well, wonder how long it's going to be before I see Jesus face to face. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about that. So Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You know, because our world is very dark. Like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. That's, that's you and that's me, you know. You know, and, and we all have been chosen to glow.
0: Called, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we've been chosen too mm-hmm. and, and called to glow. That's right. You know how ladies do that and they put a little something on their face to make <laughs> them glow? Well, if you love Jesus, he'll glow. Will you put that special stuff on your face or not? You know, that's just the way it is, you know. And he says here, don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all to see, you know. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out. Your good deeds. He says, let your good deeds, you know, shine out. You know, good deeds do honor God, mm. and it shines. And people are wondering, well, why did you do that? So that was a very nice thing. Why did you do that for me?
0: He's called us to do those good deeds.
1: You're right, absolutely.
0: In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father.
1: Hmm. That's right. Do all the good you can. By all the means you can. And all the ways you can. And all the places you can. To all the people you can. As long as ever you can. John Wesley made that statement. He's got a lot of cans in that little mm-hmm. verse here, don't he? Yeah. Let me read one more time. He says, do all the good you can. By all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. To serve the present age, my calling to fulfill, oh may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. Above everything else, may I do my master's will. Whatever it takes to do my master's will. And he'll give us the strength and he'll give us the provision to do our master's will. In Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, For God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. Once God has called us to do something, he says, Powerful can never be withdrawn. Mm-hmm. God has a plan, and He knows the the end from the beginning. He has a plan for all of our lives, and He says here in Second Peter, chapter one, verse ten, it says, "So dear friends, work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away." Mm-hmm. That's a promise that He's made to all of us.
0: What does it mean doing this? What is that referring to?
1: That's doing a this. very good question. Why don't we read Second Peter chapter one, verse five through ten, and it will explain what He's talking about doing. Sounds good. Would you like to read it? Sure.
0: Second Peter chapter 5, one, verse five. It says, "So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to so your life." So He's going to
1: tell us about promises that have. Consequences that have mm-hmm. benefits
0: yeah. to them. And we can apply them to our everyday life.
1: Yes, we can. Then
0: your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. So these are like building blocks. Faith leads us to a life of moral excellence. That's right. A life of moral excellence leads us to knowing God better.
1: Wow. Moral excellence Making will lead choices. us to know. God god better i want to know him better and i'll I'll be honest with you i'm 68 years old is that right that's right and i know him better now than i ever have and i love him more than i ever have i genuinely do but if he's telling us if if we'll apply some things we'll get to know him even better that's right that's awesome it is that's a fantastic promise that he gives us all as believers (laughs) that we can get to know him better
0: Verse 6 says, Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. Patient endurance leads to godliness. And godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for For everyone. everyone. Not just other Christians, but everyone. For everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful.
1: Would you like to be productive
0: mm-hmm.
1: in whatever field you work right now mm-hmm. and, and your marriage and, and all the things you do would you like to become more productive and useful
0: you will become more productive and useful in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ so the better we know him the better we get at everything else yeah but those who fail to develop these virtues are blind or at least they're very short-sighted They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So dear friends, this is the verse we started with in the beginning of these verses. It says, so so dear friends, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away.
1: Hmm. Wow. I mean, it's just a small handful of verses but they're so powerful with promises, mm-hmm. you know, woven throughout them there. And in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Were you wise,
0: powerful, and wealthy when God called you?
1: Well, you know, I never told anybody this before until last night and this morning at the next service and this one, but uh, I was living in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, when I first started school, and we lived out in the country, <clears throat> but when I first started school, uh, mom and dad warned, you know, to move for different reasons, jobs and, you know, distance to get to school and all those things. But we moved three different times, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, all in a different school. It's pretty adventurous, I think, because I'd never been to school before, you know, and it was pretty cool. But uh, as time progressed, I discovered by the time I was in the third grade... I didn't really know exactly what the other students were doing. You know, I figured the school I had come from was smarter than them because they wasn't doing what I understood, for whatever reason that was. But they had learned to read starting in the first grade. and You moved. I moved and going to the next grade, and then we moved again. They
0: thought you already knew how to read.
1: And I did not know how to read. You know, I did not know how to read. And just to let you know, when I graduated from high school, from the 12th grade, I had only ever read one book in my life. One book. And it was a simple, simple book, you know. And I don't know if I got it right or not, because I was just reading it out of my own pleasure. You know, trying to figure this thing out. And uh, as time progressed, you know, uh, I discovered I really wasn't too good at reading at all. I I didn't know what it was. And, you know, my, my mom and dad, they could read. As a matter of fact, when we helped my mom move her house out in, in the last few months, you know, we found my dad, all of his report cards. Mm-hmm. My dad, every, and I'm not exaggerating, so I'm going to let Susan tell you, when I showed you those report cards I found in some of his old files and all, Everyone, what was it? Straight A's. In all of his classes, straight A's. If I made one A, that was awesome, you know. <laughs> but he made straight A's, no B's, no C's, straight A's all of his life. And he was a, a, a smart man, you know. And he he had uh, been in the Air Force, and he was a mechanic in the Air Force, and then. You know, he began to work at a, a Folger Buick place after he got married and he was out of the Air Force and all. And then uh, they hired him at a school where they just built a brand new school and he was teaching automotives, you know, there. And he, he had several classes and he taught them. And to this very day, there's a lot of the mechanics, the guys who do that kinds of stuff or have their own businesses, in Lancaster, South Carolina, who were taught by my dad, you know, but I couldn't read. I could not read. Now, I'm ashamed to say it, but I really could not read, you know. So 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 what happened to me when I got out of high school, I got saved. Right at that time, I got saved. I asked Christ to come into my life. And you know there's a bunch of Bibles and all floating around here? And there's people who want you to learn. I went to college, you know, and I began to learn to read so I could learn that Bible, you know? And now, since I got out of Bible school, I study every day of my life. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen, you know, because I didn't know how to read. But, but I know how to read now, you know?
0: And you made straight A's in Bible college. You learned how to study. You learned how to research. You learned how to hide God's word in his heart, your heart, and it changed you.
1: Well, it did, and it has changed so many people who have learned how to read. And I've helped some people because I know what it was like. I asked them, and there were some people who were out of high school, and they were married, and they were coming to our church, and still do. And I taught them how to read, you know? And I worked with them, and, and our our book... <laughs> that we learn from what's called the Bible. And we learned how to read. God's word will change a man or a woman's life if you'll spend some time reading it because, you know, God's word produces faith. It changes us. It transforms us. It causes you to succeed at whatever, you know, you want to do. Let me see here. Is there anything else I want to say there? You know? He says, remember, dear
0: brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Yet he
1: still called. Even if you weren't any of those things, you weren't wealthy or wise or anything, God can call you and transform your life.
0: And that gives everybody hope.
1: It absolutely does. Instead, God deliberately, this
0: means he, he did it on purpose. Deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are
1: wise. Oh, you know what? And I felt pretty foolish graduating from school and I didn't really know. How come I didn't know what everybody else knew? Mm-hmm. I didn't ever understand that. Because when I was at home, I'd be going fishing or something. Because mm-hmm. I never really understood homework so too, too much. You know, but I never ever fronted class. I reckon I just remembered enough. I didn't make no A's or B's either, but I I always went to the next class.
0: Mm. Anyhow, you know, David, he was called by God, but he was not professionally trained as a mm. warrior.
1: No, he was he he was just a shepherd boy, and he was faithful to his dad. He helped his dad out. He was faithful to God and did whatever God wanted him to do. But he took down the biggest. David took down the meanest. David took down the scariest, the most profane, the vile and the vulgar, the highly trained warrior, a killer of all times. He took down Goliath. David did. Mm
0: -hmm. And as our grandson, Dakota, who's two years old, would say, he was over nine feet tall.
1: If you start talking about David and Goliath, he will tell you that in a heartbeat. Yeah, he, the he knows the it. facts. He surely, sure. surely does.
0: But God used him. He used David with what he had, and that was a sling and a stone to take down the enemy of God's people.
1: Let me ask you a question: Can you use a sling? Hmm. Slingshot? You, you, you know that was something. Maybe as... you should
0: give lessons.
1: <laughs> I should. I can do that.
0: We were talking about doing some axe throwing things in our church just to no, we stir throw fellowship. Axes at people. <laughs> Not at people. <laughs> well,
1: I have taught people to throw axes, but I, I also I always had a slingshot and I was always trying to hit something with it, but my, my aim was never really really good. But a few years ago, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I learned how to shoot a slingshot. I mean, any one of you in the back room right there, is that Randy back over there? I could pop you right between the eyes with a <laughs> slingshot. I'm not exaggerating either. You know? He won't do it. I could do it. <laughs> But I'm not going to shoot it at your face or anything like that. But <laughs> I, if you ever feel a marble coming on your shoulder from the, <laughs> uh, but uh, I learned, I read up on it, and I studied it, and lo and behold, all the years I made slingshots, and I, I, I've made hundreds of slingshots, and I took, you know, rubber off of an inner tube and put the, the bands on there, and I could shoot them, but I could never really hit what I was aiming at. Until a few years ago, and I did a little bit of reading, and I found out how to shoot a slingshot. And if I was to tell you how to shoot a slingshot, I'm going to say within an hour's time, you know, you could you could hit a a bottle on that back shelf back there. You could hit it and break it. Say, oh, I don't believe it. Well, you don't have to believe it, and you'll never do it. <laughs> but I wanted to, and I just kept reading, and I found out. How to shoot a slingshot.
0: And David did that, but it was a little bit different kind David of David used a
1: slingshot that you go, whoosh, whoosh, and you're swinging that rock in a leather pouch around there and let it go. The kind I shot was, you know, and you don't shoot them this way. Where you got the thing up this way, you shoot a slingshot this way. And there's only a couple more little secrets, and you could learn. (laughs) You didn't know you were going to learn this today in church, right? I'm telling you. I'm still
0: not sure where we're going with it, but anyway. (laughs) Well. But David used a sling, and he knew how to use it.
1: He really did, and that's the whole thing. You need to learn how to use what you got. That's right. And you got God's Word, and you need to learn how to use it. And apply it to your own life. That's right. Because it will bless you greatly. And at another time, I'll tell you the rest of how to use a song <laughs> job. But I think what we should do is... Let's 12... finish
0: this right here. We're okay, almost done. Ahead. Just the rest of the scripture. So God deliberately chose things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And He, God, chose those who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world.
1: Mm. The, the nobodies. God chose such as pennies like this The pennies And the nobodies of the world, he really did.
0: God chose things despised by the world, things and people that were counted as nothing at all and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important so that no one can ever boast in the presence of God.
1: Look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. Mm. Nobody can do that. Right. Because God will give you amazing talents and amazing skills. And you'll always say, Well, look what God taught me how to do. Mm. Look what God taught me how to do. Look what God taught me how to do. There's a Christian who showed me, you know, and and read to me how to use a slingshot. But I'm not going to talk about slingshots no (laughs) more because my wife wants me to talk about something (laughs) else. Go ahead.
0: I'm done. Go ahead, you can talk about slingshots if you want to.
1: You know what? Slingshots are a wonderful thing. They really genuinely are. I
0: could tell them
1: what what you killed with one one
0: time. I was at a wedding. No, I shouldn't get into it, never mind. I was at a wedding. Eating a fine dinner, you know that you eat at weddings, and he wasn't there. It was,
1: it was he was sunny. studying.
0: Yeah, after it was after the service. Yeah,
1: and I had not made arrangements to go to the wedding. Yeah,
0: so me and the kids went. So we went to this wedding, and all of a sudden I started getting pictures. You aren't going to get mad about this, are you? Anyway, I got pictures.
1: It happened. That it's he true.
0: shot a chipmunk. With a slingshot
1: now you know they they gnaw holes in everything
0: yeah you know they're, that. they're pretty I little want you to hate them mice. you know
1: <laughs> you'll feel better about this
0: now this is a bonus the other services didn't get this okay didn't. so anyway he shot this the the chipmunk and then there was a progression of photos
1: the chipmunk kept popping his head out of a hole
0: anyway, he shot it
1: and I was about from here to the back of that wall back there he skinned it. And when he popped his little head, I popped him and he just lay down. He put herbs on it. Or things that I found in our garden. And
0: then he roasted it over a fire and he ate it. It wasn't a lost life, it fed his belly. But
1: I was. I seen her these pictures while she was at a wedding.
0: At a wedding. I'm like, what, Nora? You know, this is interesting.
1: But anyway. I still got those pictures if you all want to see them someday.
0: <laughs> I do. They're on my phone. Some people may not know that he, he is a hunter. He hunt, hunts deer. We eat the venison. It's good for our family. He hunts turkeys. He fishes. He, you know, that's just I the I learned lifestyle. to do that when yeah. I was a kid. So anybody that's should have here, been
1: learning not... how to read. <laughs> but if you ever get lost in the woods, we'll do okay. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So I don't you.
0: know where this is all going, but I think we should pray. <laughs>
1: I was trying to do that. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. But we really do. We would like to to pray with you guys just to reaffirm that Christ is your Savior. And he's number one mm-hmm. in your life. And then I'm just gonna just go pray. Just we're only talking about just a, a minute or so. Just a prayer and we'll reaffirm our faith in Christ, and just pray a blessing over okay. you.
0: Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father.
1: Dear Heavenly Father.
0: I believe.
1: I believe
0: that you love me so much.
1: That you love me so much.
0: That you saw my sin.
1: That you saw my sin.
0: And you sent your son Jesus.
1: And you sent my son
0: Jesus to die on the cross for me.
1: To die on the cross for me. To
0: pay for my sins in full.
1: To pay for my sins in full.
0: So I can be forgiven.
1: So I can be forgiven.
0: So I can be free from guilt.
1: So I can be free. From guilt and from shame and from shame
0: please forgive me
1: please forgive me for all of my sins
0: for all of my sins and i thank you and i thank you that jesus
1: christ that jesus christ rose from the dead rose from the dead
0: to give me a new life
1: to give me a new life
0: and i receive
1: and i receive
0: that forgiveness that
1: forgiveness
0: that new life
1: that new life
0: that calling
1: that calling.
0: To yourself.
1: To yourself.
0: That I will live my life.
1: That I will live my life. For you. For you.
0: For the rest of my days.
1: For the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Papa God, I ask that you would bless every man, every woman, every child who's in this building today. Yes. And bless Lord. all that they set their hand to. Yes. And empower them, Almighty God, to learn to operate in the supernatural. Yes. Where your power would flow to them and out through them, Almighty God. Yes. And may their lives invested in your kingdom bring many men and women and boys and girls to you. Yes. And you will be their Savior as well. People's name will be written in the book of life because of these men and these women, these boys and girls here in this congregation this day. Yes. Bless them, O oh Papa God, and provide everything. For them, and may they know yes. when these blessings come into their life. May they know that it's coming because of you, because they have trusted in you. Yes. I ask in Jesus' name. In
0: Jesus'
1: name. Amen. Amen.